as they are heading out. Um, I want to take this time to welcome all of our visitors, and especially I'm grateful this morning that my mom and dad are here. So I hope that you'll make them feel welcome, and uh, it's great to have them here. They've, they've been here for um, a few days, though I haven't seen them very, very much, uh, because I had a 35-page paper needed to be submitted by midnight last night. So I've spent two days, all day, and Brother Carver knows exactly the pain I'm feeling, don't you? So, uh, but anyways, I am glad that they're here. Please make them feel welcome, as well as all of our other guests. Uh, take your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Thessalonians. We are slowly making our way through this book. And as you may recall, for those of you here last week, we have sort of taken a detour on the trail, and uh, we're speaking in regards to the subject of prayer. The subject of prayer. There's a uh, thing known as Dear Pastor, and, and people can write in these, uh, these comments and thoughts to the pastor, kind of, I guess, like a Dear Abby type thing. And uh, some children had written in, and, and here were some of the quotes that they had Written, I want to share those with you this morning. It says, Dear Pastor, I know God loves me, but I wish He would give me an A on my report card so I could be sure. <laughs> Love, Teresa, age 8. Dear Pastor, could you say a special blessing for my Aunt Beatrice? She has been looking for a husband for 12 years and still hasn't found one. Yours sincerely, Debbie, age 9. Dear Pastor, do I have to say grace before every meal? Even when I'm only having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Wesley, age 9. Dear Pastor, thank you for your sermon on Sunday. I will write more when my mother explains to me what you said. Yours truly, Justin, age 8. Dear Pastor, please pray for all the airline pilots... I am flying to California tomorrow. <laughs> Laurie, age 10. Dear Pastor, we say grace every night before we eat dinner, even when we have leftovers from the night before. Yours truly, Jackie, age 9. Dear Pastor, I say my prayer before I eat my supper, but my mother still makes me finish my spinach and drink my milk. Julie, age 9. So anyways, I thought those were, those were kind of cute. Um, and you know, the neat thing about prayer is that we don't have to go through any pastor. We don't have to go through any priest. We can go directly into the throne room of grace if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Because you see, He's our high priest. He makes intercession for us. He prays on our behalf. And the neat thing is He knows what we need even before we ask. I, I love to hear the prayers of kids. And you know my four little ones. And some of you have taught them. And there's no telling what comes out of their mouth. And, uh, uh, and, and me and Allison, we know because uh, you know, when we pray with them at night. It's, it's cute because sometimes you know, we'll be sitting around praying. And, and they will. They will pray for for whatever's on their heart, whatever's on their mind. And for those of you who have little kids or been around little kids who pray, you know we get a lot of this kind of stuff, don't we? You never know what's going to be prayed for. 
Um, our youngest, Sarah, she's at that stage now where she's wanting to pray. So every time we sit down to eat, or she, she wants to pray. And her prayers, I mean, she must, I'm, I'm afraid she probably listened to Daddy too much because her prayers will go on like my sermons. I mean, they're never ending. <laughs> and she'll just pray for everything. She'll pray for, you know, she'll pray for the dog, and we don't even have one. She'll pray for, she's been praying for Allison's legs for, for weeks now, you know. And, and that was, you know, from softball. The, she must have heard Mama, you know, complaining about her legs being sore. So she's been praying for weeks. And, and it's cute, though, when, these, when our kids and when you hear little children share, and it could be anything, but they're being real. This is what's on their heart. This is what's on their mind. And you know what? Your Heavenly Father wants you to be real. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to pray. He wants you to take the time, sit down with Him, and just talk to Him. And yet, if we're all honest with each other, that's probably the one area every one of us struggle in the most when it comes to our Christian walk. Isn't it? I mean, hey, hey, I admit, preaching this three-part series is difficult. Because if there is one discipline in my life as a pastor, that's the, that's the biggest struggle. It is that, that persistent, that regular, that fervent prayer. Paul's addressing this in 1 Thessalonians. And you remember last time we, we left, uh, we were in this one verse, we, we've looked at again, uh, sheep to shepherd responsibility, sheep to sheep responsibility, and now we're looking at the sheep to the chief shepherd's responsibility, and we look at the rejoicing always, and then we last week hit on verse 17. Pray without ceasing. We pick up today with part two of the series entitled, Keep Praying, Keep Praying. And you recall last week, uh, we were kind of giving the, the background and what has gotten us to this point in 1 Thessalonians what Paul's trying to do in this letter to the Thessalonican believers. He, he's wanted to encourage the flock. He's wanted to warn against false teachers, expressing his joy in their faith, reminding them of the importance of moral purity, condemning the sluggard lifestyle, correcting a wrong understanding of prophetic events, diffusing tensions within the flock, and exhorting the flock in the basics of Christian living. And that's where we're at. And this is a basic, when it comes to Christian living. If we don't pray, we are powerless. If we're not praying, Christian, then our life will not be a life of impact. We will not be the people that God wants us to be if we neglect this discipline. It's, it's more than that, too. It's more than just a discipline. I use that word because, uh, again, a disciple, we find that word... Uh, discipline coming from that word. And if we're real disciples, uh, there is a dying to self. There is a uh, crucifying the flesh. And look, let's be honest. The flesh is weak. Now be real. If you're like most people, when you go to pray, sometimes that's when you get the best sleep because you end up dozing off in the middle of it. Ever had that happen? You're praying, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're focused on prayer, and, and then the next thing you know it, there's just some, you know, I'm off in Candyland or something. What is going on here? You know, and, and you kind of get back on track. Lord, forgive me. I, I, 
you know what? You're not alone. When I think about the night that Jesus was betrayed, you see that in the life of the disciples, don't you? And you see Jesus going back to him a couple of times and he says, look, you know, what are you falling asleep for? Watch, pray. Now, I'm in a hermeneutics class right now, and so properly interpreting Scripture is very important to my grade, and, uh, and it's, it's important to us in life that we properly interpret Scripture. So I don't like to allegorize, I don't like to spiritualize text too much, but you know, I can't help but think about that text and often wonder, as we get closer and closer to the day of the Lord's return, I wonder how many of His disciples in the time that He needs us to pray the most if we're not falling asleep. Christian, we need to spiritually wake up. We really need to begin to seek God in prayer, persistently, regularly, and fervently. Today we're going to look at persistently. And again, we're springboarding from this text that uh, the Apostle Paul is... is, is uh, talking about here in, Thess- uh, in Thessalonians. And if you remember last week we talked about praying persistently. We looked at the illustrations in Luke where Jesus gave the parable and He likened um, uh, our heavenly Father with an earthly Father. And you remember we talked about if your earthly Father knows how to give good gifts when you ask. In other words, hey, you know, can you give me some, some bread? Your earthly Father doesn't give you a stone. When you ask for fish, He doesn't give you a snake. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you what you need when you ask? Notice I said not what you want. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to prayer. We miss the mark. We ask amiss. We talked about that last week. We want to get in line with God's will as we pray. So we want to look at this week praying regularly. Turn over to Ephesians, if you would. Ephesians. By the way, if you don't know where Ephesians, you, you, you know this saying, go eat popcorn. Go, go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you find any of those, you're close. Alright, so we're in Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to look in verse 18. Now you'll know the context here. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing, and he's just uh, uh, spoken to the uh, Ephesian believers about equipping themselves by putting on the whole armor of God. Remember when he wrote it? He was literally under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. And he sees this Roman guard with all of his protective gear. And he, as the Spirit of God moves upon him, he writes down about putting on the whole armor of God so that you can stand in this spiritual battle. Because we're all in a spiritual battle. And isn't it interesting, after he goes through all the list of things, where he talks about putting on the belt of truth, he talks about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, he talks about shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith so that you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Then he talks about taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But Then notice what he says. Our greatest weapon of all. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end. 
with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as ought to speak. Isn't it interesting? Here's Paul under house arrest. And he speaks of this whole armor of God. And then he challenges us, the reader, to pray always. How are we doing with our praying always? Praying without ceasing. And yet, you know, Paul, when he, when he mentions this here in this passage, he says that uh, all prayer, all supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance, supplication. Praying is hard work. It doesn't come natural, does it? It takes effort. You know, our Lord and Savior gave us the example when the disciples asked Him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, time out. Our Father? Do you realize how dangerous that, that was in that time to, to tell your father, pray to calling him father, Abba, daddy? No. No, because, hey, the Old Testament up to that point, the Old Testament, people dared not. I, I mean, you know, they were even fearful to write the name of God at times. I mean, you know, we're changing pens, we're taking a bath before we pin this in other words, scribes would. But yet, Though the saints of the Old Testament weren't comfortable calling God their Father, doing so seemed too familiar to them, too presumptuous, disrespectful even. Jesus came calling God His Father without hesitation or restraint. In that opening sermon on the mount, Jesus referred to God in His role of Father more times than we find in all the Old Testament books combined. In John's Gospel alone, Jesus referred to God as His Father 110 times. Do you think Jesus is trying to teach you and me a lesson, trying to teach us how to pray? You know what? I love, I love it when my kids come and I'm sitting in my easy chair and they come crawl up on my lap. And they just want to sit there and hold me and hug me. Rest in my arms. Ask me something. Man, that's one. There is nothing like that. It's beautiful. I love it. What a picture for us. Your Heavenly Father wants you to do that. He invites you into the throne room of grace to sit on His lap to feel safe, to pour out your heart, 
to tell him what's bothering you. I got a spiritual boo-boo, Daddy. <laughs> Can you put a Band-Aid on it? But you know what? Just like you as an earthly dad, know how to give what's good to your kids. Especially in their time of need. How much more does your Heavenly Father know this? We just got to go to Him. We got to tell Him. We got to pour our heart out to Him and let Him know. He knows, but He wants to hear from you. You know, I can hear down the hallway the trouble long before it gets to the easy chair. You know, I hear the fussing and fighting. Boom, ah, that was a hit on the back. I'm just trying to discern which hit it was. Was that a faith hit or was that a Luke hit? You know, or did Karis get in the mix this time? You know, our Father in heaven knows, but we need to come to Him. Paul, in this Ephesian passage, references several things that uh, should be noted. The supplication. Notice, though, with all prayer and supplication, how? In the Spirit. Underline that. In the Spirit. There's a lesson there. We need to be dependent upon the Spirit of God to move in our life, to teach us to pray. You think about Jesus before going to the cross. Lord, if you would, Father, if you would, let this cup pass from me. He knew what was coming. He knew the suffering, the pain he was going to have to endure. But nevertheless, not my will be done, thy will be done. You see the humanity of Jesus. And yet, oftentimes, we find ourselves in that situation that's painful and hurts, and we just want it to be over with and done. But maybe we need to let God work. Not my will. Your will be done. Are we really willing to do that in our prayer? That's the, rea- that's the hard reality, isn't it? That what if God doesn't want this from me right now? What if I'm asking regularly, fervently, persistently, passionately, but God says, no. Am I okay with that? Christian, are you okay with not getting your way? See, God teaches us, and we're all in teachable moments. Um, I've had quite a few lessons this week. (laughs) But you know what? We're all in, in, in the classroom of God, aren't we? Learning, and we need to be. And we need to find ourselves in these moments... Again, not staying out here on the left of uh, the Lord's will or the right of the Lord's will, but finding ourselves in the center of God's will. Being at peace. Being okay with what my Heavenly Father is wanting to do. How He's wanting to answer this prayer concern. How He's wanting to address the need in my life. I'm asking for a want. I don't even know I'm asking for a want. God knows I'm asking for a want. He's not going to give me what I want. He's going to give me what I need. Are you okay with that? So, in the midst of this, we've got to make sure that, uh, again, we're submitting to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God making intercession on our behalf. Even when we don't know what to ask for. I don't know how to, uh, to deal with this situation, God. James said, 
You lack wisdom? Ask. I'm asking God, but I still don't know how to pray. Help me in this situation. The Spirit of God makes utterance on our behalf, groanings that I, I can't even begin to explain. But the Spirit of God is interceding. And I'm willing to trust that God knows far greater what I need than I do. And so I've got to trust. I've got to obey. There's an idea of, of submitting there in that, in that passage. Being watchful to this end. Are you being watchful? As you pray, are you looking for, for how God's answering? Are you discerning how God's working in your circumstances to reveal His answer to you? Be it a no, be it a wait, a not now, a yes? I meant to bring over this morning, I left it at the house, go figure me forgetting something. <laughs> anyway, what was I going to say? Oh. I was going to bring over this morning this green journal that I've had for 12, 13, no, 15 years since I became a a first year as a brand new believer. And it's called the Book of Remembrance. (laughs) That's funny, it is actually, and I forgot it. But anyway, Book of Remembrance. (laughs) And in this, there's places to write out your prayer requests and your prayers, your praises, your journaling your prayers. Now, I don't know, for some of you... You, you do this. You journal. You write your thoughts. If you don't, man, try it. Take a season at it, you know? And look, I go in and out of seasons with, with my prayer journal, all right? I, I'm flipping in one page. You see, you know, 2007. The next page is, wow, 2009, all right? But, but again, I encourage you, take this. This is a practical application of what we're talking about today. Just begin to keep yourself a prayer journal. And write down what you're praying, what you're talking to God about. And as God begins to move in your circumstances, as you are sensitive to what God's doing and how He's answering and how He's responding, write those thoughts. Share those things. Look at it. Because I can tell you, this is cool. I love going into that journal. And that you guys know, I've got... Uh, this is the month of visitors at, at the Varner home. Today, Junior. Allison's parents were... Uh, here last week. Then at the end of the week, we had the Sam's family come in. And my parents overlapped with that, which, by the way, y'all miss a great karaoke party Thursday night at my house. It was, I mean, just good time. Anyway, where were you? Um, so then, this week, we've got our former students, Lee, Crystal, Dupree. They will be with us. Uh, Jeremy and Crystal Sam's will be back with us. He's painting a mural down in Kinston. Um, we had another family scheduled to come in, the Stugelmeyers. Um, we had another family that just canceled, and so we kind of were like, huh. But, um, and then we've got, uh, anyway, we were booked through August. Well, all these visitors coming in. So when we love, well, listen, I love, I love guests. You're welcome anytime. Just bring your sleeping bag. But in this journal, when these folks come and visit sometime, especially some of our former students, I've got some of their names in there for salvation. And it's so cool to be able, and I know they're tired of, you know, <laughs> we had this guy in, in college that every Monday he would get up in chapel. He was the chaplain of the chapel, and he would say, it's another blue sky Monday. And that was this little phrase. And he told the same joke at least three times in a semester. You know, the other day, and you all are like, oh, he's not doing that joke again, is he? Johnny was on the uh, horse, and he had his 
ten-gallon hat, and he was going to town, and he slid off the horse, and his foot got caught in the, in the uh, what's that thing called? Stirrup. Stirrup? You guys watch too much Bonanza. <laughs> and he got caught in the stirrup, and it was just dragging him and dragging him. That horse was going and going. And if I wouldn't have unplugged that machine, he would have truly been hurt. <laughs> you know? And you're like, three times in the same semester, it's like, ah, okay. And so I know these kids get tired of me showing them over, hey, you know what, I want to show you something. Check this out. But it's exciting because I've kept this journal, and I can see where at this date, I begin to ask God for the soul of this individual. And we begin to pray that God would work in their life, that God would begin to draw them, that God would bring them to a place of repentance and faith in Christ. And they get saved. And I get to move it from a request to a praise because of who God is. Not because I prayed, but because God desires for us to pray. Because God does not want anyone to perish, but that all would come to repentance. But He uses us. He wants us to come to Him and share these burdens. And so it's cool. So if you're not journaling, I want to encourage you to journal. And you talk about strengthening your faith. Believe me, there are some days where I need some encouragement. That journal is an encouragement. Because I can look back and say, man, thank you, God. Thank you. You're at work. You've answered these prayers. You're answering prayers. Help me know what you're teaching me today. We can share those things. So, praying regularly. And again, you see in this Ephesians passage, Paul speaking of uh, these ideas of prayer and submitting and, and being watchful so that we're discerning of, of what God is doing. And, and again, I talked about that passage earlier of, of the disciples falling asleep with Jesus when they should have been watching. And yet, here we find ourselves moving closer to the Lord's return, and many of us are spiritually falling asleep. He says, watch and pray. And you'll find that phrase throughout the New Testament. Watch and pray. So let us awaken in this area. You notice, um, he also instructs us in this short passage, supplication uh, for all the saints. You know what that's telling us? We need to be praying for each other. I need to be praying for what you're struggling with. Guess what? I can't pray for what you're struggling with if you don't share it. I realize some folks are private and they, don't, they, they see it as, well, I don't want to get in their business. I don't want anybody in my business. But can I encourage you that as believers, we are told in Scripture if we're going to be obedient we need to share our burdens one with another. And I know for many of you, you've got that close network of believers that you trust with your prayers, and that's great. Encourage each other through praying for one another. Are you doing that? Are are you sharing those burdens? Are you trying to carry that load yourself? Yeah, ultimately, we we need to give it to God. Cast your your cares upon Him because He cares for you, Scripture tells us. But He also instructs us that we're to pray for one another. And so we need to be uh, praying for one another. One of the reasons I like care group, small group. By the way, my group tonight, 5 o'clock, bring you a snack, right? You know the rule. Don't get in the door if you don't have it. No, just kidding. Uh, You just don't get to stay as long. But anyway, 
Just a bad joke. Praying. We get together in a small group, right? You need this. We need the accountability. We need the encouragement. If you're not in one, I encourage you to get in one. So we want to pray. Pray for one another. Carry these burdens. He says pray for all the saints. Church, we need to be praying for each other. Guess what? Saturdays, we knock on doors. We go out and invite folks to come visit. We share the gospel. We have results right here today. Praise the Lord. Are you praying for that ministry? You say, well, I'm I'm, I'm not involved in that ministry. But are you praying for the ministry? There's lots of things you can be doing. And one of the biggest things you can be doing is interceding in prayer. That God will go before us. God will prepare the hearts. That God will be with us. Pray. But you know what? It's interesting because Paul, and I can relate to Paul in this, as he closes this out here in verse 19, he says, speaking of praying always and for me. Why is Paul, is he being selfish in his prayer? Pray for me? No, look what he's asking. And for me, what? That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Church member, can I ask you to underline that or write that and let that be your prayer for your pastor? Yeah, I need prayer and I've got needs and concerns and I've got wants, but you know what? The greatest need is this right here. That as I open my mouth, that I will speak boldly the truth of God, that I'll make known the mystery of the gospel, that whenever I'm up here in this pulpit, and one of the things I greatly appreciate for those who are, uh, are on the uh, pastor's prayer team, and there's some praying right now, and, and look, if you want to be on the pastor's prayer team, it's not about, the, the wording's kind of, don't let it throw you. This is what it's about. That during this moment here, that as I'm teaching, as I'm preaching, there are folks interceding and praying and petitioning their Heavenly Father that this mystery of the Word, that the Gospel would be revealed, that I would be able to teach and preach with boldness, and that you would be able to hear it, receive it, and grow by it. That's not a selfish prayer. That's us praying God's will be done. And so... Maybe you want to be a part of that. Uh, And if you do, you can see Mary Margaret. She'll be glad to get you on rotation to to just pray during this time. Um, You can see Don Abbott today when you leave. She'll she'll take your name down. We need prayer warriors. One of the things when we go out and do this door-to-door and we knock on doors, one of the things we're communicating to, to the folks out here is we would like to pray for you. This is what I tell them when I talk to them. We at Community Baptist Church want our community to know that we're a church that cares. And so one of the things that we're doing, we've started a new ministry. And that is to pray for you and your family by name. Your name, if you're willing, we'll put it on our prayer list. And for 30 minutes a day, these names are lifted to the Lord in prayer. And prayer person number one does that list for 30 days. 
And at the end of 30 days, they take that prayer list and they give it to prayer person number two. And they do it for 30 days. And then they take it and give it to prayer person number three. It goes through 12 people. So when all's said and done, you and your family get lifted to the throne of grace in prayer for a whole entire year. We all can use prayer. How would you like to be prayed for daily, you and your family? Now, it's been years since we've done an outreach like this. And I will say this, some things have changed in the past seven years. It was used to, you would never hear a no. I'm hearing a lot more no's now than I've heard before. But that's okay. Because there's still a lot of folks out there who are not just saying yes. They're pouring out their heart on what they want you to pray for. And so we need to be faithful to that. If I'm out there telling them this and I don't have people back here praying, that's not good. And thank you for all of you who are volunteering to pray for those names daily. And I want to encourage you to please be faithful to, to pray for those names. Some of you want to get on board with that. That's fine. We don't need, look, we, could, we don't need just 12. Let's get 24. And, and let's, you know, give two of you the same list. I mean, you know, we need people to pray. And what Paul says in that, he says, pray for me so that he can make the mystery of the gospel known, that he can preach with boldness. And one of the things, Community Baptist Church, we need to be praying for this church is for its ministry that is proclaiming the good news that Jesus Christ came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross at Calvary and took upon himself the sins of the world. And he was dead and buried and raised three days later from the grave, victorious over death, and he extends an offer, an invitation. Whosoever will, let him come. Whoever's hungry, let him eat. Whoever's thirsty, let him drink. In other words, I am offering you eternal life if you'll receive it. And we want to make that message known because this world is dying and people are dying in their sin and they're going to an eternal hell. We need to make the mystery of the gospel known because it's the only hope that this world has. Jesus is the only name given amongst men under heaven by which we can be saved. There's no other name. If you're here and you've never turned from your sin, you've never repented of your sin and cried out to, to your heavenly daddy and said, God, forgive me. Father, forgive me. I've sinned against you then I want to encourage you to do that today. And by faith, receive Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. If you've never done that, let today be your day of salvation. Call upon the name of Jesus. He said, whosoever shall call upon His name shall be saved. Have you done that? Have you really done that? If God's dealing with your heart to do it, do it today. Don't wait. I'll do that later. We're not promised tomorrow. Life's but a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. It's appointed unto man once to die. Then the judgment. Don't wait to the judgment because then it's eternally too late. This is the message. And Paul's saying, pray for me. 
Pray for me that, that I make this known and I do it with boldness. Even though he was in chains, he still wanted to preach it. He still wanted to tell it. And we need to be telling it. You know, we've been doing this study in the men's class. The man who makes a difference. Ten keys to a life of impact. And one of the sections that we went through was dealing with the problem of prayer. Why do we have such a hard time with prayer? The question's asked. Ladies, you can appreciate this. The answer may lie in the fact that most men seem to have difficulty asking. Asking for directions, asking for help of any kind, and specifically asking for help from God. Now, I know none of you men have any problems with asking for directions. You ask the GPS. That's the problem, though, right? (laughs) All right. In general, we as men simply are reluctant to ask. Therefore, we don't see God at work with His answers, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of our family and a host of others. We're not as attuned to what God is doing. He goes on and he says, uh, why don't we pray more often? And these are some of the reasons on why we don't pray. Some of you may identify with some of the reasons. This is why we're not praying like we should be praying. Worldliness. We live in a world where there is no voice admonishing us to pray. Prayer is a spiritual exercise. Therefore, we must take the initiative to be spiritually minded. Hey, I can look at the gym all day long. It ain't helping my physique. You understand what I'm saying? Don't need amen there either. I got to exercise, right? If I want some results. Therefore, we must take the initiative to be spiritually minded. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world, John 17, 6. We must ask for spiritual assistance to develop a heart for prayer. Busyness. Oh, well, I'm just too busy. I don't got time to pray. I'm too busy. We think we are so busy that we can't take time to stop and pray. Yet we are never too busy to play golf, go fishing or hunting, work on a hobby, or sit for three plus hours watching our favorite sports team on television. We are never too busy to do the things that we think are important. Yet, isn't prayer And time with God? Isn't that more important than all those other things? And we say yes, but our actions say no. And this is all of us, folks. We're in this boat. We're spiritually asleep. We need to wake up. Faithlessness. That's another reason why we don't pray faithlessness. For whatever reason, we doubt that things might actually have a different outcome due to faithful and earnest prayer on our part. But if we had confidence and believed that God answers prayer, we wouldn't be able to wait to come into His presence with our needs and requests. We'd be asking for and enjoying God's answers. When we don't see God at work in our lives, perhaps it's because we fail to pray. You do not have because you do not ask. James 4.2. Distance. Distance is another reason why we don't pray as we should. When we fail to pray, we'll end up feeling distant from God. And that, in turn, makes us even more reluctant to pray. 
I haven't prayed in so long. I'm just so far from God. God's not going to answer me. I don't, I, you know, and we get to this habit and we, don't even, we just don't even pray anymore. God is actually close by. He hasn't changed, moved, disappeared, or lost interest to, in you. Close the gap. Take a simple step toward God and talk to Him. The more you talk to God, the more comfortable you'll become communicating with Him. And the more you communicate, the more opportunity you'll have to ask for His help for yourself, for yourself and on behalf of others. And the more you ask, the more answers and guidance you'll receive. Ignorance is another reason why some of us don't pray. And I could make a joke there, but I won't. You can fill in the blank. You can point it here. If we don't read our Bibles or pray, we won't understand God's power and goodness. We won't grasp His desire and His ability to provide exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I mean, that's, that's the Word of God. Did you just hear the quote? He's able to provide exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And to supply all our need. That's Philippians 4.19. The other one was Ephesians 3.20. If we knew God better, we would take time to pray. For some of us, it's we need to get to know God better. We need to get to know our dad better. We need to spend some spiritual time with our Heavenly Father. Sinfulness is a reason we don't pray. We allow sin to build a barrier between us and a caring God. What did the psalmist say? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Psalm 66, 18. But when we confess our sin, the Lord's ears are open to our cries. Psalm 34, 15. Don't let sin get in the way of your communication with God. Pridefulness. We, in essence, say to God, I don't need you. I can take care of this myself. No thanks. Think about this. The self-sufficient do not pray. The self-satisfied will not pray. The self-righteous cannot pray. Please, don't ever become too proud to pray. Inexperience. We don't pray, therefore we don't know how to pray. So we don't pray. Prayer is like any skill. It becomes easier with repetition. The more we pray, the more we become comfortable with prayer and know how to pray. And the more we pray, the more answers to prayer we experience. Last one is laziness. Maybe this is the saddest excuse of all. We're just not willing to make the effort to pray. No matter how important it is, which of course affects our chances of having our prayers answered. Lord, may we never get to this place in our spiritual life. And yet some of us are there. By the way, if you haven't checked out the men's class, I encourage you to come what we're doing, reading through it, trying to find some practical ways to be an encouragement to each other. Well, let me get ready to close this out. Praying regularly. Praying regularly. Turn over real quick to Ephesians. Remember, go eat popcorn. Uh, let's go over to uh, Philippians. Let's go to Philippians 4. And let's look at verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
You know, there's something about prayer that brings peace. There's something about when we set our mind on the things of God that brings an inner tranquility, if you will. You see, God desires us to be in right relationship first, but right fellowship. And, yeah, it's easy at times to get a little anxiety built up, but we're told in the Word of God that don't be anxious for anything by prayer and supplication. And here's the one we miss a lot with thanksgiving. Are you thankful? Am I thankful for the circumstances that bring me to my knees in prayer? Because, you know, that's when we tend to pray the most, isn't it? When those circumstances of life hit us and we feel crushed under the weight and I'm on my knees. Can I say thank you, Lord? Not thank you for the hurt or the pain or the circumstance, but thank you that I have a heavenly Father who knows my need. And again, to be able to be at peace with His will being done in my life. Because whatever's happening, you can rest assured this, it's for God's glory and it's ultimately for your good. It's important to know. You know, Bill Hybels has a little formula in his book too busy to pray, he writes. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. And if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. That's a pretty neat, pretty neat little saying. Well, I want to close with this story. Many of you are familiar with uh, John Knox. And uh, anyone that's in church history or knows a little bit about church history, you've probably come across this name a couple of times. Um, But listen to this story spoken of uh, John Knox. While very ill, John Knox, the founder of the Presbyterian Church in Scotland, called to his wife and said, Read me that scripture where I first cast my anchor. After he listened to the beautiful prayer of Jesus, recorded in John 17, recorded in John 17, he seemed to forget his weakness. He began to pray, interceding earnestly for his fellow man. He prayed for the ungodly who had thus far rejected the gospel. He pleaded on behalf of people who had been recently converted. And he requested protection for the Lord's servants, many of whom were facing persecution. As Knox prayed, his spirit went home to be with the Lord. The man of whom Queen Mary had said... I fear his prayers more than I do the armies of my enemies. Wow. I fear more 
his prayers than I do the armies of my enemies. Ministered, this guy ministered through prayer until the moment of his death. Oh, to be a man of prayer. To be a woman of prayer. Church, we need to pray persistently and we need to pray regularly. Lord willing, two weeks, we'll look at why we need to pray fervently. But let us now apply what we've heard today and let us go to the throne room of grace in closing prayer. Father, thank you for your time. Lord, that you would take the time to come into this world and die upon a cross to demonstrate your love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And yet, Lord, we make every excuse on why not to give you the time. The time to pray, the time to just be alone and enjoy your presence and to study your word. Father, forgive us. Lord, help us. Teach us to pray. Help us become those faithful followers who recognize that it's not in our ability, but it's in the object of our prayers, in the object of our faith. It's in you, Lord. Because of who you are, we know and we can have confidence that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear our prayers. So, Lord, would you hear our cry? Would you answer us as we pray, begging? Help us, Lord, become people of prayer. To enjoy your presence. To know that sweet time of just being alone with you. Teach us, help us, mold us, make us what you'd have us to be. Father, we do say thank you for the answered prayers that you've shown us in your faithfulness already. Through the outreach, Lord, for those that you've brought to us, what an answered prayer that is. Thank you for them. Thank you, Lord, for those that uh, we, we've been able to share gospel tracts with and, and witness to. And Lord, I would pray that you would continue to work in their hearts to draw them to yourself. And Lord, if it be your will, that you might even draw them here at a Community Baptist Church. Help us to be faithful, to pray for all the saints, the burdens that are carried. Help us to pray for the message of the cross to go forth boldly. Lord, we'll thank you. And Lord, I pray as we close here that if there's any soul in this room that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would turn from their sins and that they would call out to Jesus Christ to receive Him by faith, to trust that His finished work at Calvary is sufficient, Your grace is sufficient, to give them the forgiveness that they desperately need. Clothe them in Your righteousness. Lord, You promise, whosoever shall call upon Your name shall be saved. Thank You for this time to gather. Lord, if you would see fit to allow us to be back tonight in our care groups, that you would bless those times of study, and that you would draw us closer to you as a result. And we thank you in the name above every name. And all of God's people said, 
Amen.